0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another laid back episode mm. of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew and I'm Adam. I'm How ready you doing, for dude? I'm, I'm ready for a laid
1: back episode. I think that
0: sounds Me great. Too. You
1: bet. I could use a little relaxation. I've been trying to do some of that. Um good. I'm on my break from from school and uh nice. I have 2 weeks off which has been really cool course i've been spending it uh doing the game for our patrons uh, mm. based on dragon age um, very cool which has been really fun uh it's been a lot of work though uh definitely if i ever do this again i'm gonna have everything prepped beforehand
0: <laughs> oh man i when you told me that you were gonna do this i was like oh yeah is that right <laughs> are you gonna do it yeah i don't know
1: man i it I like D and D and all, but man, this has been a lot. Uh, it's been a lot. So yeah, I I, I well, do want to do more patron games and stuff like that in the future, but I don't know if it's ever going to be at this kind of format again. I think it's a mm-hmm. lot for them
0: too, frankly. Oh, it, back to back, like you're doing this three nights in a row. Yeah, three on nights on weeknights. Like, yeah. and you're doing that two weeks running. Yep, Yeah. Which what? It's a lot.
1: It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> now I know I know some people out there going, "They're like, man, I have a game every night." You know, hey, man, that's cool and all, but like, are you are they all like the same story? You know, <laughs> like I don't know. It's is it all the same people? Is are you running every single time? And maybe you like it, and that's and that's really great. I definitely uh, underestimated on my end how much work it was going to be. Um, because mm. everything wasn't already built. And so I'm building it, you know, largely the day of. Now I had this weekend. I got a lot more done. So I'm feeling a lot better going into tomorrow. Uh, sure. And that should be good. And we just added a new player um, because we just got a new patron.
0: Yes, we did. And a Mr. Uh, Leroy. Yeah.
1: Or is it Leroy? I haven't. Leroy. I haven't, Leroy. I haven't been able to talk to him on voice yet. We've, we've chatted a little bit, uh, getting his character ready and stuff. But anyway, big welcome to Leroy, uh, who is our first muse
0: tier patron. Oh man. When I saw that, I was like, <gasps> it's like seeing a unicorn. <laughs> it's
1: definitely very exciting and, and hopefully. He won't be alone in that upper echelon uh, because I am inviting him to regular games now at that tier. And so I want him to, to be involved in in the games I play and, um, and of course involved in the inspiration point community. And so far so good.
0: Speaking of which, if uh, you dear listener want to get involved with the inspiration point community, and uh, jump on board just like Mr. Leroy or Leroy uh, (laughs) did, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and jump on the best ship of all, the friendship. Get some good ship. (laughs) Woo-woo! All right. (laughs) So So how are you doing? I'm doing good. I've, uh, you know, I've talked... I've talked a, a few times in the past about kind of how the the writing thing goes, and especially when you get into editing and stuff. You know, you got to make changes and do all this stuff. You know, uh, you got to kill your darlings, as as we've said. A lot of work. Um, yes, and i I had written some chapter intros. Uh, for Dangerous Destinations a little while back. And they didn't quite line up with one another, just uh, things about the voice and tone and perspective of the individual uh, chapter intros didn't quite match up with one another. So I basically scrapped them and have been going back and writing new uh, intros for all the different uh, destination chapters and stuff in the books. Uh, so that's been, that's been a really interesting exercise. Uh, and I've decided to take a line of, uh, or a writing direction of addressing the reader as you. So it's basically flavor text that paints a scene just like, a GM would if they were addressing their players just for the little intro blurb of the chapter. And it's been coming together nicely. The, That's good. Um, my editor's been enjoying it. and uh, I've been uh, pretty proud of him. So I've just been cooking away on those. And um, other than that, been reading up on uh, Curse of Strahd stuff and just, you know, thinking about where, the, uh, where the story for you guys is going to go. Man, I got some stuff in store. That's not, it's, it's not stuff that's coming in like the next session. It's coming like a ways down the road, but I'm, I'm like, I'm excited. I haven't had many times where I've had these, uh, these visions where I can see like, okay way down the road in the campaign i'm gonna throw this Mm -hmm. at you it's gonna make everything crazy uh and i've got one pretty firmly lodged in my brain and it's kind of exciting
1: so be careful with that because that is a sign you're being a good gm but it gosh but it's also you just talked about killing your darlings right and oh sure it is a thing where I've like driven on my commute listening to music and that that one song comes on and I'm picturing the moment that I'm going to show to my players in my head and it all comes together in this beautiful crescendo and every choice they make the next session is getting as far away from that as they can. (laughs) Yeah, it can happen. You know, I don't know if it'll be the same with Strahd, but um, I hope you I hope you get your moment because I, it's it's a big deal to be able to have it.
0: I think it'll I think it'll be I think it'll be quite the moment. Uh and I mean it, and it'll it'll involve you guys. So um I I don't see it being one that will be difficult for me to pull off. I think I think it's more about just when I decide to pull it off. Cool. Cool. But well, yeah I'm
1: definitely looking forward to it and i am excited to to shoot my crossbow at things and to Yee. um try to make some plans and pick some locks i got to steal a, a an expensive uh disguise kit yeah you la- did. last time that was really fun um you know i i hated getting away from the party and and making them all kind of sit there but At that point, they had made me do it a lot of times. So I was like, yeah, well, you guys can watch me do this
0: now. (laughs) It's all fair. It's all fair. It's all fair. You know, we're all we're all (laughs) adults. We should be able to, you know, hang out for 10 minutes. Yeah, that's right.
1: That's right. I I think so.
0: Um, If you got to get a soda, go get a
1: soda. It's fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, it was it was a good time. And uh Lots of games going on. Lots of activity. It's been busy time for both of us. Uh, some vacation.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, ain't that how it always goes. You know, really uh, there's though, no I've... such thing as lazy, lazy <laughs> breaks. It's I don't like, know. Bro, i still find my moments. Time homeless. for something else. Um, you gotta. I've been enjoying my new
1: cappuccino machine and getting, uh, getting used to using that thing and getting my brews just right, you know. Are
0: you getting them just right?
1: No, no, no. I mean, flavor-wise, they're fine. I'm, you know, I have to use almond milk with, you know, to steam, and it sure it doesn't behave like uh, moo cow milk does. Yeah, and so it, you know, you got to get used to it. But we're getting there. We're getting there.
0: Getting there. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, it's fun. So I, well, first I'll just say, is there anything else? (laughs) You, you. (laughs) You, you thinking about anything else that uh, you've had rolling around on your mind?
1: I've just been uh, playing a lot of Dragon Age lately. Um, oh, yeah. That, that's been my vacation time, trying to get back into the universe so that I can run this Dragon Age game and kind of remember what the world is. Because, it you know, it's been a while since I've really thought about Thetis or any of the yeah. things there. in. even though I'm a huge fan, I, I do like the Dragon Age universe. Um, I don't like all the decisions that were made in some of the sequel games. I loved Origins, as you know, uh, but at the same time, it's it's a great world. There's great characters, and it's been fun to kind of go back and because it's been long enough that I've forgotten most of it, but yep. I still remember kind of just how the game works itself. So you don't have like the uh, the learning curve, and everything feels sort of newish. So that's that, cool. So that's a nice feeling. You know, it's like when you go back to
0: Skyrim every five years. <laughs> my gosh, I don't even know if if <laughs> I've gone back that soon. Like it's been ages it's been a since while. I played that. I think I've
1: had like four or five different like, hey, let's play Skyrim for a while again. Kind of phases in my life. Yeah. You know, and then now at this point, it's just irritating because it's like, all right, guys, seriously. How long has it been? Where's six?
0: <laughs> this give me, is give me, give me six.
1: And they're just like, Please. stop buying five, and we'll make six. And we're like, that's true. You know, so it's like we do it for ourselves.
0: But if we re-release it <laughs> as the extra legendary edition, the
1: extra mega legendary, I wouldn't even mind that if they did that. If they just like updated the game, but if as long as they updated it like in a meaningful. Way where they, they changed some, some stuff and, and made the core experience more in depth, but that's not, they they don't do that. They just polish up some graphics. (laughs) That's all, that's all that happens, you know? And you're just like, okay. And then you just have to go through and get all your favorite mods again. Yep. 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 (laughs) It's just like, yeah, I, but people man. buy it and like you go on like PlayStation Store or, or uh, you know, Steam or whatever. It's still like 40 plus dollars to get it. Oh, yeah. Because if people are buying it, there's no reason to drop your price. That's right. So supply and demand, baby. Supply and demand. They're just responding. They're like, okay. So we send them these, these emails and we're like, hey, man, come out with six. And they're like, hey, man. Nah. When, whenever you want six to come out, stop buying five.
0: <laughs> and it's, that's right. It's, we have not really... reached the. not yet reached the point of market saturation. <laughs> there's still room for growth. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's part of me that's like, yeah, but
1: aren't you an artist that like cares about like now? Who? What am I talking about?
0: You're what talking am I about talking about? about? Triple A video game industry uh, is. That's, uh, those decision makers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you can
1: really see it in in Dragon
0: Age Inquisition. That's, there's so much like stuff
1: where you're just running around doing stuff, you know? Yeah. They
0: wanted to Ubisoft things
1: up. Yeah, they did. And they were like, you know, let's make a, yeah, they, they talked a lot about it being like Skyrim, but it really is more like Ubisoft. It's really more like an Assassin's Creed run around and collect things kind of mm-hmm. experience and like I, I skip a lot of that. Like there's this thing yeah. that they do with shards and I'm just like, okay, I don't care about that. Um, but some of it I do and I'm like, I am like, maybe I know what you're doing how, to me, but I do it anyway.
0: Maybe that's how you manage so many freaking playthroughs where I can only do like one cause I'm going around and I feel like this compulsion, the, Go I must do all the things. Make sure I grab yeah.
1: everything. Yeah, and Inquisition definitely encourages you to do that. Of uh, course, at this point, though, everyone's like, "Why are you talking about like an ancient
0: game right now?" <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's the one and only Skyrim. <laughs> yeah,
1: Skyrim is I mean, is an amazing game. Like, don't like, don't let me take anything away from it. But I oh, am sure. ready. I'm ready for the next one, and uh, I will do. My best not to buy any more Bethesda things until it comes out to do my part in hastening its approach.
0: There you go. Vote with your wallet, people. That's right. That's right. Okay,
1: I think I'm ready, Andrew.
0: I've got one thing that I want to just, I want to mention it because I think it's a big enough deal to mention, though I'm not particularly (laughs) prepared to speak at length about it, but uh, just, I want to say this past weekend, uh, they had, they had this uh, live stream for the uh, 50th anniversary of Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, they were also, I think it was a launch event for the wild beyond the witch Uh Yeah. Which Adventure... I picked up by the way. Yeah super pretty book yeah it's cool. um well and one of the things that uh got mentioned during that stream that's had the whole community of buzz uh is what sounds like the uh impending release of what a lot of people are guessing will probably be d and d 5.5. Um, you're right, yeah, you get a few people who are thinking that it might be six, but to me, the way things were sounding uh sounds like they're essentially doing a uh a bit of a revamp of the rules that are in Fifth ed now, and it's being built to be backwards compatible with uh regular Fifth ed as well, so that also makes me uh think that the 5.5 angle is probably the correct one but it's also slated for release uh they're going to do new um versions of the three PHP, core books yeah yep. and uh but it's slated for release in 2024
1: mm. so eh, so that makes you know. sound like it might be a bigger deal than a 5.5 if it's if it's that far off. I mean, what's the half-life on on a version of the game?
0: I mean, this is actually something that I uh, was talking with Spike about yeah. on our Discord a few, like, a week ago or so. And apparently, uh, like, second edition or uh, AD&D was around for something like decades before yeah but third i mean with never came with around third, it
1: wasn't like that and fourth well i mean fourth was a particular case and i think it's a right. f- pretty different organization running the show at this point you know they're yeah they, they're in they're interested in making money
0: <laughs> right <laughs> you know? That that's what i was thinking too that the generally speaking the market conditions now yeah. compared to what it was then i mean I mean I know, wouldn't be surprised
1: either way. I mean it, either way it could it could be either one. I certainly don't know. Um and you know when you look at a book like Tasha's it's not super surprising that they're they want to introduce some new mechanics and stuff because you can see little ways that they they played with it, right? So like for right. what, for instance one thing in in Tasha's they did was starting to use the proficiency bonus in more areas. And, I love that. Yeah, so, like, for instance, like, various class pets, like summons and, like, druid companions and stuff, you know, would derive a lot of their stats from the proficiency bonus of their player. Nice. Um, and, and some class features were, like, in a number of times a day based on your proficiency bonus. Mm. That would come up a lot. Of course, they did the thing where they decoupled racial bonuses from where they typically are right and, and they basically said okay if you want to play your half work wizard you totally can now right and yep. without feeling like you're objectively making the wrong choice so that's that's there so you can kind of see them testing through yeah. their through their current
0: content so you're right i mean and it's it's uh it's a bit early to say much about it yeah uh, sure you know they've they've mentioned a few things like I've heard some stuff about them trying to make monsters a little easier to run. The like spell casting as an ability is, I think, just going to be removed and they just like will have spells or they won't have spells. It sounds like they're trying to simplify things in that way so that uh, monsters are easier and quicker for GMs to use.
1: Yeah, um, certainly when it comes to spell casting, if you're not intimately like, familiar with every spell, it can feel a little cumbersome. And then um, I know, at least speaking for myself, a lot of times I'm like, wow, there's a lot of stuff here. Oh, good, he has Fireball. I know how that one works. Yeah. Y- you know, and then you end up just n- making the same monster over and over again, and that's not very interesting. There's yeah. so, so many monsters in the Monster Manual right now that are just um, hit points and, and damage output. You know, and yeah, and don't do anything all that dynamic. Uh, although I will say stuff in uh mortar cannons is usually pretty interesting. There's a few really mm-hmm. good examples of, of innovative uh ideas in there. So hopefully we'll see we'll see monsters that have more of a I don't know, an interesting way of dealing with them. Yeah. Um so. one thing I really want is just an app that helps me build custom monsters. That'd be really helpful. Right now, I that, all I do is I just reskin things and
0: move bonuses around. Yeah. I yeah. I feel like they've been working on that utility on D&D Beyond. I I think it may be in beta right now, but yeah. that, something like that sounds familiar. Uh, uh-huh. well, that'd be good.
1: But um, I know that there's some uh, third-party stuff out there. I've never found anything that was very user-friendly for myself. Right. Um, not like uh, one, one thing that they had in, in fourth edition, which they never took out of beta. It was in beta the whole time fourth edition was a thing, but they had their monster generator on their mm-hmm. website that you could use. And uh, that way you got the numbers that you needed for the challenge rating you needed. Uh, and that was pretty cool. So Yeah, you uh, used that a lot, didn't I you? I used it a ton. I probably used it too much. I didn't spend enough time just using what the book presented, and I've tried to do mm-hmm. better at doing that. But certainly uh, there are limits, and at a certain point you do want to have more things to point to, particularly when you're not at a table. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's extra pressure when you're on uh, like a VTT, like Roll20. Yeah. um, To produce like all this unique stuff. And yeah, it, it can be very time consuming. I, that was the main thing that was eating my time preparing the dragon age game was like, yeah, there are some things that can carry over like a rage demon and a fire elemental aren't really that different. Right. You know, but there are other things that it's like, okay, well, this needs to be different. This needs to be its own thing. Yeah. And it is fun, but it is work.
0: Yeah. And those, those two things can, uh, uh, definitely bump into one another. And, you know, actually that takes me to, uh, part one of our topic tonight. And what I kind of like to do is check in with you on a couple neat things that, uh, that you've been doing recently. And the first thing, uh, which Kind of uh, like I was mentioning. uh, What is it, Andrew? (laughs) Matches up with doing something fun for work. You've done some paid GMing recently. Yes. Um, And I know that there are a lot of folks in the community that feel very strongly about this sort of thing in both directions. um, Mm. Some folks feel like it's a sacrilege.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand that mentality. To to me that's that's crazy. I don't I don't know why people feel that way that they do.
0: Um I I, I, could I feel see it like Gemmin gets treated like uh like water, like it just should be free. <laughs>
1: They're like, like I I need this so much in my life. Like Right. I, you shouldn't I, charge
0: I, people for something.
1: Yeah. And I just I have such the opposite idea about that yeah. because like to me, GMing is a ton of work, especially if you do it well. Like if you put your heart and soul into it, you're making art for another person. Like if, if I, if you told me, Hey, draw me a a portrait of my, of my girlfriend or whatever, you know, I'd be like, okay, sure. That will be X amount of money. Right. And then you'd be right. like, what? You don't just draw for free? No, of course I don't. You know, you don't yep. write for free. You don't draw for free. You don't. Um, yeah. You you run games for your friends and it, it might be awkward to turn around and start charging them. And then they might say, no. Sure. Fair enough. But certainly for people that that don't know you, <laughs> you know, like, yes. you, you do offer yes. a service. And and I think that Certainly, at the very least, you can get the pizza.
0: Darn right, and you know,
1: or buy a- them the book, right? Like in in your case, I'm just like Andrew. I want you to run a game, so here it is. And you know, we there you go. You know, just here is the fancy edition of of Curse of Stroud. Please run this. You know, right. that's you know what's rude is to point to the shelf and say, "GM, run that for me." Yeah, you know, to me, that's yeah. that's almost just rude, right? You know like it's your job to entertain me
0: <laughs> well on. you know there's there's a difference between asking and telling yeah. but to me the real difference is like should you charge your friends who you would otherwise not charge to play no like that's it's a game for you and your buddies if you want to like give each other gifts or you know, buy someone a game if you'd like them to run it or, you know, do things like that, buy the pizza, whatever. That's yeah, cool. That's, so, yeah. that's super cool. Otherwise yeah. you're like, I would even slightly disagree with, uh, with the assertion that, um, that it's just a service like Bringing well, someone well, that's groceries a <laughs> well, yes, that's true i I mean more I mean that more in terms of that it's not like just merely a service in that someone walking your groceries up to your door is a service, but it's also unskilled labor. Anyone could go to the grocery store, pick up your groceries with a grocery list and drive it over to your house.
1: Well, I mean, I would still, but, I would still pay someone to well ship my yes. groceries around for me. In fact, we do that.
0: But I'm saying that gee, paid GMing makes even more sense than that. Oh, because, oh, sure. because it's skilled labor. Like this is something that you've trained at and really practiced at and that not everyone could just, pick up the books and do it on the fly. Yeah. Like,
1: I, I think it throws some people off because they're, they are used to it just being like, Oh, we do this for fun. You do this for your pleasure as well. Right. And it's like, right. well, certainly, certainly, you know, I, in, in some ways it's kind of an, I don't want to say it's a totally new idea cause it, it's been around, but you know, there are ways to, to monetize. So in, in my particular case, um, I'm not just running a D and D game for a group of people. You know, right. These these are younger um, students and they, and I call them students because it's like soft tutoring, right? It's not mm-hmm. just, you know, hey, let's play d d You know, I expect them to, to to do certain things. You know, I have them work out the math for their experience points, their damage and all that other stuff. I make mm-hmm. them write. I make them take notes. And nice and all these things, you know, I teach them the the various like school strategies that I learned from my training as a, as a teacher. Right. Mm-hmm. So they are being tutored and they are right. being paid for, for tutoring, but the tutoring is just coming in a, in a form that is probably more fun than doing your math packet. Right. <laughs> right? And, right. And that's really good. So we, we've had a few sessions now. It's gone really well. And what's also nice is that that doesn't come out of pocket for them. Uh, they're able to use a service called uh, Class Wallet. And because they homeschool their kids, um, you know, they pay me through that service. And so the cool. government is paying me to run D&D. So that is very Nice. Nice. Very so, cool. If anyone out there uh, wants extra time tutoring their kids, that's one way to do it. Um, there you go. I would be happy to to do that for a reasonable fee. That's so, that's really cool. I mean, at uh, the end of the day, like everyone, no matter what they are doing, will be paid for the amount that they can bid, right? And right. everyone, of course, will try to bid as low as they can to pay. And you will charge as high as you can to run, and wherever you meet, that is called equilibrium price
0: <laughs> there you go and and that's where know, prices come from for my for my two cents um i think I think anyone who is interested in paid gming um you should definitely look into it uh there's there's even uh really good website called start playing games. Yes. Um, run by a, uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Devin Tulick, who runs the, uh, podcast and streaming channel, total party chill. Um, mm-hmm. he started that site, uh, with, I believe, uh, one or two friends of his to help GMs, uh, find paid work as well as how players find games. Uh, Cause sometimes finding a decent group can be tough. Um, and it's paid GMing is uh I think it's a great idea and it's, it's definitely a skill that you hone and develop and get really good at. And you taking on this kind of work, you're, you are a paid entertainer. Um, I am the dancing bear. There you go. And And, I'm happy to be so. And it's a, it's a, it is a valuable thing. So I think we're both, uh, on the same page with that. You know, if you, well, yeah.
1: And you're, you're paid essentially not directly as a GM, but as a creator of content. Right. That other people can, can use, you know, if you contribute to, to something, you know, you would hope that you would get something back for that. And if that's, and that could be in the form of money, it could be in the form of appreciation. We had a whole episode where we talked about how to show your, your DM appreciation. So, you know, please don't take away the idea that I would say you should absolutely be paying your GM all the time because maybe that's not an option for you. Right. And certainly not with, with, would be probably like a livable wage, but like, you know, you can get the pizza and you can say, thank you. And you can say, I appreciate it. You know, there are things that you can do to, to quote unquote pay, or at the very least fill the bucket of your jam.
0: Yeah. Yes. One hundred percent agreed. But if I don't Um, know you pay me. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's, that's one of the benefits to becoming friends. Your, uh, the currency with which you pay becomes much more flexible. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, I, I just, I, you know, I think that we do a lot. I think artists get abused a lot, frankly. And I think uh, artists often take it upon themselves and because they want to make people happy and there's, there's payment and joy. Right. But at the same time, like, You know, if you want an artist to you know continue making something, then you should support them.
0: Yeah, because joy
1: don't keep the lights on. Yeah, you want to you want them to keep their lights on, then do it. You know, like I will buy music of an artist that I like, even if I could steal it on the internet, because I would prefer to support them. Yeah. So, um, but that's just my prerogative.
0: You know. There you go. So, what else? Second on here, and I'm I'm gonna kind of shift things around a little bit. But uh, as we mentioned earlier, you've been running the uh, Dragon Age game as a little treat for the patrons. And so far, you have run three games back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday evenings. Yes. Um, And you mentioned a little bit about how it was going into doing this and that you had kind of underestimated things. So I wanted to jump into that a little more and do a little bit of a postmortem on what you thought this experience would be, how you tried to tackle things, and then what you learned from it And might do differently next time or what you've been really happy with.
1: Oh, you know, I think, first of all, it has been challenging, but it's been good. And I'm Mm. grateful that there are people in our community that can be part of this game. Absolutely. And that's great. I love the Dragon Age universe. I mentioned that before. I love our players. I want them to have a good time. Um, Having said that, you know, I was building the campaign while we were playing. And so it wasn't just that I was spending the evening running the game with the with them. It's that I spent all day prepping, and then I ran the game with them that evening, and then I did the same thing the next day, and then I did the same thing the next day. Oh my god! And <laughs> and that was not the play. <laughs> so I've spent a little bit of time this weekend getting ready for the second half, and mm. uh, but I've still met, spent a lot of time for myself. I also had just finished um a quarter of school and so i had been grading papers and writing emails and answering emails and and doing all manner of of nonsense uh and so I, it came to, to time and then i was like okay well let's let's get started and the first night went just fantastic like i think it it, it maybe maybe had a bit of a rocky start um mm. a lot of Uh, A lot of the players were were new and weren't, like, super ready to jump right in. Yeah, Um, that'll happen. But eventually it hit its stride, and it ended in a very satisfying way. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it was really great. And and just to talk about it real quick, uh, it, it takes place in the Dragon Age universe. The characters are playing Grey Warden recruits. And so they are recruited. They have to go out into the wilds and collect some darkspawn blood. And you know uh,
0: their—do you know their names off the top of your head? Like the character names? Who? Let's let's shout them out. Who? Which patron is playing which character?
1: Okay, so Falangor was playing. Oh, uh, was yeah. Because that's what I'm getting, (laughs) right? Because okay. Because, okay, for those of you that don't know about the Dragon Age universe and about Grey Wardens, Grey Wardens are an order of essentially adventurers and soldiers that drink the blood of Darkspawn so that they can. And Darkspawn Mm. are basically, you know, a cross between undead and orcs and demons and stuff. And so, you know, generic bad guy fodder. And so, anyway, they, they, They drink the blood in order to be able to sense them and hunt them down and kill an archdemon, which is like the leader of the Darkspawn. And so a Grey Warden is needed in order to end the Darkspawn threat whenever it arises. But otherwise, there's always Darkspawn around, and there's always an order of Grey Wardens. The thing is, is the ritual where Grey Wardens gain their powers is called the Joining, where they drink some of the Darkspawn blood, and it's Mm. possibly fatal to do so. Um, there's quite, a chance that you die. Possibly, it's quite possibly fatal that you, you know, when you go through it. So, in the games themselves, you only ever see a couple of people die from the joining, and most of the people make it through. But, um, there's no hard and fast rule about what makes someone make it or not make it. And mm-hmm. so, uh, I brought it down to a constitution save, and that, that tracks that tracks right because. My, and my uh, my explanation for why it works that way is because in Dragon Age Awakening, the DLC for the first game, Ogryn, the Drunk Dwarf becomes a Grey Warden, and and most people when they drink Darkspawn blood they pass out and get powers. He stood there and was like, "Not bad." <laughs> oh, okay. And just and so I was like, "It's a con
0: save." <laughs> it's cast iron liver.
1: I thought totally maybe it had saved it. Yeah. And I thought it maybe had something to do with like their attitude or about like how committed they were. But in the same game, the warden recruit Myrie is definitely devoted to the wardens and she dies during the joining. So um, mm. anyway, so I had all my players go through the joining. Is there
0: and evidence? Most of them of, died. Uh,
1: oh yeah. So Falangor played the part of the rogue Myris who died during the joining, which I think was to everyone's chagrin because I think everyone really liked that character a lot. And so he re-rolled into a dwarven ranger named Malachite. Ooh, fun. And I do not make the second character go through the joining. We assume you made it through the joining.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You just just have a pile of dead bodies. (laughs) He was in a group where some of them died, right? Mm -hmm. And so there you
1: have it. But it ended up being this very emotional moment for everyone involved. Okay. So Spike uh, plays the part of Balin the fisherman who comes from like an internet meme video uh, is basically like an NPC that only can say a few phrases. And so all he ever says is morning and a great day for fishing, ain't it? What? the, that's all he can say, but he says it with different inflections and tones. And so like, if something sad happens, he might say something like morning, great day for fishing, ain't it? You know, oh. something like that. But he, but he's just, he's really committed to it. Balin. Okay. He rolled a, a one on his con save oh. straight up, but I had given everyone an inspiration point for good role playing earlier.
0: And oh. so he he
1: used it, and then was able to pass. Oh man! Dodged but he, the, uh, I think he rolled bullet. like double ones too. It was like, oh my goodness, it was bad. Um, but he made it. Uh, and then we lost. Um, Kate's character, who is Ash, a human fighter, she died during the joining as well. Uh, and Ash rerolled into a character named Grid. Who Ooh. is a Kunari artificer?
0: Oh, that sounds rad.
1: And so, if anyone's familiar with the Dragon Age universe, uh, the Kunari have access to essentially black powder technology. So their ships are really scary, um, and it's That's stuff that even cool. even the dwarves haven't mastered yet. And the Kunari call it Gatlock, and so her whole mm. character concept is based around using Gatlock. But she's a A Talva Shoth, so she's no longer part of the Kunari Order because among the great wardens, you get to learn more about how to use your weapons, and so uh, that's why she joined.
0: Man, we just got real nerdy. Well, not oh, yeah, absolutely, but hopefully, you guys like
1: Dragon Age because if not, this is
0: gonna be slow. (laughs) (laughs) And and this was uh, this was Kate's first game in a long time, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Well, that and that was a part of the reason that I wanted to do this kind of blitz style of playing because yeah. she had to take leave from her job mm-hmm. in order to like play this game. So I wanted to make sure that she got, you know, her her worth because she's been a loyal patron for a while and I want to say thank you. Yeah. And Absolutely. so I wanted to make sure that she got a good chance to to really sink her teeth into things.
0: I'm I'm sure she's thrilled that you did it this way. It was very cool.
1: So that's that's what our uh, patrons got to do, and our brand new patron Leroy is going to be playing um, uh, a human mage, yay, yay. Uh, who is actually going to not be one of the Gray Wardens because uh, the plot has brought the group to um, the College of Magi in Cumberland Navara, and where they will be uh, saving the. Uh, some of the mages from demons and stuff. So as you do, as you do, you know, uh, I admit it's kind of a repeat of one of the chapters in Origins, but whatever. Um, I do have a a, a big twist coming down. So,
0: Adam, you know, the, GMs do not copy things from <laughs> video games, <laughs> movies, right. or books oh, or other man. kinds of popular media. You the, need this to just make a little sure. extra everything must be original, original. (laughs) If it's derivative at all, we quit. Oh my strike.
1: I, and I'm making a lot of (laughs) like just shameless uh, plugs into like the original games and stuff. Like a lot of the NPCs that they're working with are named characters from the games and totally. um, And some of them are really obscure references some of which they got. Some of them they glossed over. Um, mm. I had them literally save a cat in the beginning, so that everybody—that's a way was, to do it. Yeah, but it it worked. Like, yeah, of course it did. They were so committed <laughs> in saving this cat, and of course it was Sir Pounce. Uh, but uh, of it was, course. but it was Sir Pounce the third because the original Sir Pounce was the cat of Anders from Dragon Age Awakening. <laughs> And I figured it'd been in a while, so it was probably maybe the second or third cat at this point. So we went with uh, Sir Pounce the Third, and Sir Pounce the Third had wandered out into uh, a darkspawn cave. So even after they had collected their blood, they were like, "But we didn't find the cat yet, so we're gonna stay and we're gonna keep looking." Of and course, I, and I was like, "Yes," you know. So once everybody was like showed that they were committed to finding this cat, it made everybody like each other. And so, of if course. you want a cheap way to unite your party, get them all to save
0: an animal. Um, there you go. Because hey. people like animals better than people. Oh, that's that's definitely true. Uh, <laughs> you know, you look at Game of Thrones, and you can eviscerate entire villages, and people don't bat an eye. But you chop the head off a horse, and you just hold on to your butt because yeah, the pain train's coming. Nope. And uh, speaking of uh, Game of Thrones uh, and also Ice and Fire, fun fact, Sir Pounce is also the name of Tom and Baratheon's cat.
1: Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, in fact, I'll, I wonder I'll bet if, you
1: In Yeah, I'll bet you in Dragon Age they're referencing that. Yeah. Most yeah. likely. Because that, the Gray Wardens and the Knights Watch are very similar. Oh, totally, they're very similar. Um, they're you know because there are a lot a lot of them are made up of like criminals and stuff that were like they needed a a get out of jail card.
0: I feel like that's gotta a be uh um i i'd be interested to know like uh, to see a list of all the examples of that. Trope yeah, in fantasy trope, yeah. of like, you know, it's probably a lot. You have become pretty much worthless to society, so you can either die or join blank group and <laughs> yeah. and devote your life to this until kingdom come.
1: So, to to answer your question earlier about like, you know, what did you learn about it? Basically, I would just say try to. If you're going to do anything like this, that's kind of a blitz, like try to definitely manage your the the time you spend prepping and hopefully do it like mostly on a different day. That's not always a an option. But definitely by the end of that third day, I was definitely already feeling burnout. Yep. A- and it was a lot for me to do. I had to cancel my other regular standing games because it was it was too much. Mm hmm. Um. I wouldn't have been Would. able to do any prep that was worthwhile, and plus, uh, some of them sh- were in the same games, right? right? So, like a lot of our um, our guests are in games that that I I run anyway, mm-hmm. and so you know, I I canceled the Friday night game because I was like, well, we're we're in the same group anyway, and right. then and then on the Monday group, I had to cancel that one too because I was just like, no, I need this, I need that day to to prepare,
0: yeah. It's did doing uh doing that prep and having gone through that process um as hardcore as you did, did you find that uh in retrospect that you maybe should have put more time on prepping certain things and maybe less time prepping on others?
1: You know, it's it's tricky for me on roll 20, and I would love to hear what, what Slight Flourish has to do has to say about this. When, when I sit down and run a game in real life, it it's so much easier for me to do things off the cuff and to kind of wing mm. uh, because the map doesn't have to be like perfect. Right. Yeah. And, and I guess it doesn't really have to be on a VTT, but I kind of feel like it has to be. Um, and so I I'd spend time making maps and I spend a lot of time, you know, putting them together. and I. Mm put together little portraits for all the characters. Whereas, you know, when I sit down on a table, everyone just goes, Oh, he's drawing on a grid. That's fine. Right. Yeah. No, like, okay, this is the box. This is where things are. Just imagine there's a mess everywhere. Right. Yep. Um, And everyone's like, yeah, I'm with you. No problem. And, uh, when you have, you don't have like all the right minis, you just pull out, something size large and you go, okay, this fire elemental, it's a giant. Okay. And everyone's like, yep, <laughs> no problem. No, no problem. Right. You know, it's, it's okay. Uh, so, but with, with the VTT, I do go all out and I get music and I get, um, you know, all my little
0: duckies in a row and it's a lot of work. So do you feel like you get enough return on that? time investment I do on a weekly
1: basis for sure like when I'm running our our Monday game that's fine because it's like I put in a lot of a lot of work and then I run one night and a lot of times Mm. the work that I did lasts me a few sessions and that's fair and that's great you know plus like if people do ooh and ah about it then of course that's just awesome yeah um You know, and it, and I do like to put little clues on the map. We've been doing the real life perception check, Yeah, you know, Hey, what's that over there? Is that a chest? Is that a chest? Yes, that is a chest. Uh, and like I've said before, there's been moments where you guys found something that I just put as a superfluous detail on a map and then just decided it was a thing because you guys spent so much time paying attention to it. Right. And so there's there are little bonuses like that that help it help it feel dynamic and fun. But it is at least for me the VTT is just more upfront prep. Is it worth it? For sure, for sure.
0: Do you um, do you feel like there's anything that uh, anywhere you could have maybe saved time? Uh, maybe yeah. you didn't need as much prep doing something that that this first go around you thought you did. I definitely probably made more custom NPCs and
1: monster sheets than I probably needed to do that mm. ended up eating a lot of time and some of it was necessary, but a lot of it probably wasn't. Mm. I probably could have just written a note on a paper that said, here's the dark spawn passive and then just used orcs. You yeah. Know? And I did derive a lot of the stats from existing monsters. Right. Yeah. But I, I got ambitious <laughs> And, uh, this is an issue. I think a lot of GMs and artists in general and writers and stuff have, you decide that you want to go that extra mile, right? And so you do, and then you go, oh crap. Well, I I went the extra mile for these characters. I need to do it for all of them, which isn't true, but then you think you do. And then you do it Oh yeah, because you're insane and you're not speaking out loud to someone. And if you were speaking out loud to someone, you wouldn't do it because you would realize it's dumb, but then you do it anyway. (laughs) <laughs> but of the,
0: course you do at the very
1: least i have these monsters now so if i run another uh dragon age story at some point then they're there yeah. i have them i can use them again so that's that's cool but it was like i i made like probably 10 characters before session one. Oh. you know from from start to finish and not just okay here's a mage and with this name you know like the npc mage it was no, they, like, were built out. Right. You know, and so it was, that was a lot. And I wish I, I wish I had just winged that a little bit more yeah. Uh to, to focus more on the story. Because one part that felt like it dragged, the second session struggled a little bit because there was a lot of fighting. And mm-hmm. it wasn't fighting with any particular drama set piece it was just right punch to the death which we've talked about not doing before but i did it um because i wanted it to feel a certain way but i definitely can tell you that if there aren't other stakes like i don't know i feel like they get bored yeah there needs to be story in just about every scene at least with with this group some groups just love wanton violence and just killing constantly, but I definitely have a, a, a lot of role players that want to say, okay, yeah, but what does it mean? Right. And yeah, you need to spend more time on, on that than on making sure that everybody's
0: hit points are just so. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do. I do. I do. Well, that's, that's really, that's good to know. You know, it's, it's a, it seemed like a kind of trial by fire or or a self-imposed gauntlet that you like to sort of put yourself Self-imposed is through. the right word. It's yeah. definitely the right word, yeah. It was me putting pressure on me. Um, um, I feel like it probably did a nice job of uh, helping you get an idea of your own limits, which I think as a GM... That can actually be incredibly important oh, for you to have a, a realistic uh, view of what you yourself are capable of, and and what you're not capable of. Like i I just recently saw this sort of uh, like a motivational sort of post on uh, on Facebook. I forget who posted it, but it said. Uh, and i'm I'm paraphrasing, but the basic ideas, like you know, oh, you know, I may have a lot on my plate, or you know why can't this person do what I'm doing over here that you know have it had to do with the expectations of people, and they said, you know it may seem like you have less on your plate, uh but You know, maybe your plate and someone else's plate are made of different materials. You know, maybe someone else's plate is big, but it's flimsy paper or somebody's over here is ceramic. You know, somebody just because you're two different people doesn't mean that you have the same capabilities as another person. So it's really good to get this clear image of, you know. How much can my plate hold? You well, know? To,
1: to use that analogy, I'll, I'll, I'll say I really like food a lot. I especially like meat, mm. you know, um, and so I like to fill up my plate with with those things. But you know how it feels when you've had too much, Yo, right? Yeah, and how crappy you feel like you know maybe you had too much cheese or too much meat or something like that. And and I think that that happened to me. Whereas like I love D and love being a DM. Um, I love having good players and that sort of thing. Uh, but it was just a lot and you need that. You need a day to detox, right? And you need to drink your water and eat your salad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, you you need those things so that next time everybody can be fully energized. Cause you definitely don't want to like be in a situation where you feel like everybody is showing up so that you don't feel bad. (laughs) Yeah. You want, you do want your players to have selfish fun, right? At least, at least I do, you know, I want them to show up for their own pleasure and to look forward to that. Oh yeah. Um,
0: You don't want, you don't want the pity show up.
1: You don't want pity. Right. So I will say also that I felt like I was asking them for a lot by running three days in a row. So I probably wouldn't do that again. If I ever do anything like this, it'll probably at least be spaced out. A little bit more like, hey, we're going to do Monday and Friday or maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday if we're really feeling it. But right. definitely have those little breaks in between. Um, Maybe just one shots. I think that might be the play. But maybe I, I was do thinking like uh, too. But maybe do like a six-hour session or eight hours or something. And then I think that would have been better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I so, feel you. Hey, you know. Uh, now I know that about myself, and you're right. That's very valuable.
0: Right on. Cool. Um, so here's my last, uh, my last one, and I know we're a little over time, but yeah, we're fine. Um, you had mentioned in the past that uh, that our current Monday night game has kind of gone in some directions that some directions that you've been more happy with some that you've been less happy with. You've wanted to do certain things with the campaign. Some have panned out, some haven't. Um, and you've mentioned to me that just recently you've, you know, maybe had some sort of epiphany or, uh, some kind of brainwave that has triggered you to kind of rethink, uh, our current Monday night game that you mm-hmm. have been running for some time, uh, and I wanted to know, I guess, just more about that. Like, you know, without maybe getting into any spoilers that you sure, want just, to hold yeah, on no to details.
1: I mean, plus nobody knows necessarily what's going on, but I uh, do. <laughs> it, a lot of the ideas actually came from one of the players who was like, "Hey, here's." here's what I'm struggling with and Mm -hmm. here's what I'm thinking about. And maybe I want to try this. And then I was like, Hey, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it might just come from your players, but, um, and it should really, when you think about it, like the things that happen in the game should be motivated by your players. Right. And I, and so I think that if you feel, okay, well I'll just speak for myself, you know, like, I felt like things had gotten off track and I want them to get back on track in a way that is going to hopefully make some sense. Um, All right. It's totally okay because your players know that you're making stuff up. They know (laughs) that, you know, like you have plans, but like you have to make stuff up, right? Like it's all made up. So don't feel like you have to stick to what isn't working because it's the plan. Right. Like you have yeah. to be able to change the plan and say, OK, well, we're doing something different now, because if you feel like things aren't going right, then your players and especially if they're emphatically saying this doesn't feel right anymore, then certainly don't keep doing what you're doing. Right.
0: So I I got to I got to do like a little a little tangent here. But that that makes me think of this uh this one time, I want to say it wasn't this past summer, but the one before, my father-in-law has this little, uh, like a tabletop shuffleboard where you kind of have the little disc and you shoot it down and try to land it in the in the little triangle. It's almost sort of like curling. Um, and I put this thing in, on the table in the backyard and I get my son who would have been like, three and a half, four at the time. And I start showing him how to how to play the game. And you take the little ball bearing and you roll it down the thing. And, you know, you try to get your points. And he gets insistent on wanting to try doing it different. He'll move things around and everything. and And I'm like, no, no, you got to do it like this. And he turns around, looks me dead in the eye, and he schooled me with a song from Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. This little. Mr. Rogers age range cartoon, and he goes, Things may change, and that's okay. Today we can do things a different way. And he's like looking me dead in the eye while he singsongs me. And it was this huge mic drop moment that totally I had never been schooled by a four-year-old before. But (laughs) all that to say, even my like toddler son knows you gotta be flexible. Things yeah. may change and that's okay. Today we can do things a different way. Dad.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Um, kids say the, the mouth of things. babes. That's as right. They, <laughs> as they say. So oh um, well, no, they, dad. They, they do. Cause when you teach kids that things are a certain way, they just believe you and they'll remember that crap, right? My kids yeah. pull stuff like that on me all the time. <laughs> um, You know, they, they have an idea of how things are supposed to be. And when you, when you deviate from that, well, anyway, they, they do remember the, the lessons we and others teach them. And so be careful that the <laughs> truth. With, with your kids because they'll memorize. Um But yeah. It's it's really true. And so there needs to be a little shake up and what good story doesn't have a few twists in it. Mm. So feel free to to twist and to to change the way things are going. Um, also, since uh, we promised uh, to run a game for people that run at that twenty dollar level and we have someone that is doing that now, uh, I have added him to that game. All right. And so it'll be a good moment to bring in a new player. We also had some deaths occur. And so uh, a couple of rerolls might happen. Mm -hmm. And certainly one of them is going to happen.
0: Oh, God. We are, we are in, I forgot that we are in like a fantastic amount of mortal peril right now. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You guys are, are, I forgot about that. Uh, And it's just going to be a question of, basically who gets resurrected and, Mm. and why and how. So
0: that, that, that question is really important. Disconcerting the the how, (laughs) the how will this? Yeah. Because my answer to that is, uh. I don't know. Yeah.
1: But uh, I will say this, and maybe this is useful for people out there. This is me pivoting in the wake of a TPK, essentially, and so it is a thing where hey, a TPK might be an opportunity it's- to to shake things up. I mean, you, I could just end the story. That would certainly be easier, but that mm. wouldn't be very satisfying for me, and it certainly wouldn't be very satisfying for them. Right. I think everybody would would you know grin and bear it. But it would you know, I it would make me. It would be a, a regret I would carry probably. Mm. And so I don't want that. I want. Uh, Everyone to be happy and and satisfied and have a good time. So um, we're going to we're going to pivot instead. Going the way we're going is wrong. Going uh, away from it and giving up is also wrong. Mm. Um, In my opinion, the right answer is a twist. Will the twist be right? that remains to be seen. Could be left. Definitely. uh, But I think everyone will at the very least appreciate the effort.
0: Always, you know. But I think and it'll be good. I think they'll that, like it. That's something that I I always appreciate. Is just you know, one way or another. Like I've seen you try design stuff that's worked. I've seen you try stuff that hasn't. I've seen you run the gamut. But at the end of the day, whether it works or not, you're always there to give it a shot, and you're dedicated to the game, and that's that's all anyone can ask.
1: Well, and and to kind of tie it into what we were talking about earlier, like, um, okay, my my friend group doesn't pay me, right? Yeah. So in one way it would be nice to be paid. On uh, the other hand, there's some freedom that comes with not being paid. Oh right? yeah. And then that freedom is, hey, I screwed up. Hey, I want to try something. Hey, I wanna do this. Hey, uh, this uh I have to call the week off, you know. Yeah, whatever it is. Like if you're being paid, like you need to show up, you need to do it. Right. Like if I'm not being paid, it's like, hey, guys, I can't make it. Sorry. Right. So there is there is freedom. I mean, everybody's basically volunteering to be, you know, beta testers for the various half baked ideas I have. And I (laughs) and I appreciate them for that. Right. So that's the exchange. They give me their time, too. You know, so that's also worth it.
0: Well, very cool. Very cool. Well, I I know we are uh, we're over time at this point, but that was, uh, that was really cool. And I, I, uh, I know you've been, um, putting in a lot of effort in a lot of different areas. And I, you know, I'm trying from, from game to game. And even, uh, even in the curse of straw game, um, I've seen you growing in lots of different, uh, Aspects, like as a GM, you're very clearly trying to step up your game in all these different ways. But also, even as a player, um, I've seen you doing things with your character Jasper differently now than you had been doing with him at the start of the campaign. And, you know, your attitudes toward different characters and how you're approaching
1: a lot of that was planned i mean i i certainly oh, sure. wanted to make a flawed character that would change but yes i am i am trying my best to always do a little bit better uh every time and i and i think we all should try yeah. to do that so i th- i think the main thing that maybe ties it all together is um you know try to avoid stagnation you know yeah. uh you, you know grow change try Experiment, you know, but avoid avoid the mundane and the repetitive and the trite.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, I think I think that's uh, I think that's one of the big reasons this show exists too. You know, we're we're here to help inspire all of you. And you know, sometimes I'm sure it works. Sometimes I'm sure it doesn't. Um, but every episode we do is in the hopes that you'll hear something in the show that causes you to think of or think about something you hadn't really before and that maybe that'll trigger you to try doing something different and hopefully try doing something different that improves your game improves your life improves your enjoyment of the hobby um and improves your relationship with the people that you're sharing these experiences with. Yeah.
1: So. Well, thanks very much, Andrew.
0: You bet, man. Thank you. Um, I guess I'll just wrap this thing up, but wrap thank, it up, my dude. Thank you everybody for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it and your time. Um, I want to make sure to say thank you to Logan, Kate, Spike, and Falangor, as well as our brand new muse patron Leroy or Leroy, uh, you gotta tell us which one it is, man. You gotta you gotta lay it out for us, so we're uh, so so you're not two people every time. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, if you'd like to get in touch with us, head on over to Inspiration Point. .buzzsprout.com and if you are on a desktop uh, computer you will find three dots in the upper right hand corner that will take you to our uh, Facebook Twitter and Patreon or if you'd like to go straight over to Patreon you can go to patreon.com slash inspiration point and support us like those other awesome folks did Um, so That's pretty much it. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us tonight. And, uh, you know, just remember, things may change, but that's okay. Today, try things a different way. And until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye.